0: For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk.
1: Are you listening? getting into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you're with the fellas talking baseball. Uh.
1: Welcome back. This is episode 250 of the NYYST Podcast. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris Yo. and Jason Parker, the newest New York Yankee. Everybody rejoice. Fresh off the uh, the news cycle here, the uh, the immortal Jason Parker's in New York Yankee. I think we can lock up the World Series. The fuck is that, man? Just wanted to be an asshole to start the show. Who is uh, it? He's a uh, low. He pitches low A ball for the Yankees now. He was the player to be named later in the Louis Sessa Justin Wilson deal. So uh-huh. the Yankees finally got somebody back there. Um, it just literally just came across here. We're recording. It's about eight thirty on Monday night. The Yankees just split. Uh, Four-game set with the A's. They they saw their 13-game win streak go by the uh, go by the wayside there, and we're about an hour away from them starting a uh, series with the Angels, and it looks like they're getting uh, no help from the Red Sox because Tampa is winning again. It's two to one currently with a runner in scoring position in the fourth inning, so we'll see how that turns out. So we just want to get that out of the way because. When you listen to the show on Tuesday morning, we'll have no idea what happened in the Yankee game because we're trying to squeeze this in before the game. Weren't we supposed uh, to do
0: a show where we acted like we had just watched a game and we were predicting it?
1: I think uh, that must have been something you imagined. I don't Maybe think I dreamt ever, it. I don't think I've ever discussed that with you, but... Something we did discuss that came out last night is our Voight 316 tank top. It is a limited edition drop. Uh, Normally when we uh, put out a new shirt or something on the merch, it stays there. But this will be gone on Labor Day. Labor Day strikes midnight. It becomes Tuesday. Summer's over. So is the sale on this shirt. But you can use code Voight for 31.6% off. We got Clever there. Um... So definitely check that out. A Rizzo and Gallo shirt is up there. Gabagoo saves you 20% on that as well. Also, patreon.com slash NYYST uh, for exclusive shows and content. And if you don't like saving 20 or 31.6%, you can save 40% on all merch by being a patron of the show. So definitely another added perk of joining up on patreon.com slash NYYST and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, Let's go here. The Yanks, like we said, they dropped the final two games in in Oakland. Uh, The 13-game winning streak is gone. Um, And the frustrating part about it is not that you didn't expect a little Hiccup. Regression, a little regression, I guess. The up is a good word. After the winning streak came to the end, came to an end. It's the fact that now you lost ground. You win thirteen games in a row and you lose ground in the AL East. So it's crazy. Uh, and I think the Rays. What did the Rays do here? Nothing. Did they score is it. No, they score are yet. the Rays
0: this good, or has there, or has their schedule just been? Just so easy at such a bad time for the Yankees.
1: To be honest with you, outside of them playing uh, Baltimore this past week and them playing Boston, now I haven't paid attention totally to who they've been playing, just that they haven't lost. They've they've matched the Yankees step for step pretty much in every game the Yankees have won, and now they played Baltimore over the weekend. The Yankees dropped a pair and it leads back up to six. I mean, I think we're sitting around... 34 games or 36 games left. I mean, somebody said today the or, or might have been 30. I don't know how. The Yankees have anywhere between 32 and 36 games left. You no, guys can they, do the
0: math. They've played uh, 130, so they have 32 games left.
1: Okay, so somebody said, that's right. That would make sense to compared to what I saw earlier today. Somebody said, what do you think the Yankees will go the rest of the year? And somebody answered 24 and 8. That would be amazing. The Yankees go 24 and 8. That's really good. Probably doesn't get the job done. It doesn't come any to me. I mean, that doesn't come anywhere close to them winning the division if they go 24 and 8. Even if they sweep uh, Tampa in those final three games, Tampa's got to Tampa's lose now. Tampa's got to go on a long losing streak, and the Yankees have to get hot again. Yeah, you need That's help
0: a- at this point. You need, you need big-time help. And you got to give the Yankees credit, too. During this win streak... During this thirteen game winning streak, outside of maybe the twins, I mean, they really and of course the makeup game against the Angels. They really didn't have many pushover teams here. I mean the Yankees did a really good job uh getting getting to where they're at now. So I mean it's gonna take a lot of luck and obviously a lot of good good play from the Yankees, but I don't think it's likely by any means, um, is it possible? Sure. I mean, fuck it. Anything's possible in baseball. Look, we saw how quickly they made up how many games on the Red Sox?
1: Uh, I think it was, I think they, it was like a 13 game swing in the, in the standings. So, I mean, it, it, it can happen. Is
0: it likely? No, you, you, you're not even seeing the race cool off at this point, is the
1: problem. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but what the Yankees did is they pretty much I mean they they pretty much punched their ticket into October. They're three games up on the Red Sox right now as we record for their top wild card. Uh and they left what they did by not winning an extra game in Oakland is they left Oakland alive. Oakland's five back uh after uh Friday's game they were seven back. So they let them stay alive. So uh but still I don't three think 3-1 raise. they scored again. Yeah, so, I mean, that game's over. The the Red Sox won't come back. I mean, it's – so the Yankees are going to have to go out there and win a game tonight. Corey Kluber's coming off the IL. Um, He hasn't gone past 60 pitches, I believe, give or take. uh, And his rehab starts, so the Yankees have said Andrew Heaney's going to piggyback him and then transition into a long reliever role. Um, You know, obviously, we can't break down what that's going to look like because like we said we're recording before the game but do you like Corey Kluber who's a starting pitcher come back and not really going to be able to give the Yankees length i mean what do you i mean he hasn't gone past 60 pitches in his rehab so i mean realistically you're expecting what 70 75, 75 i'd say 75 range?
0: short leash i think Kluber's actually going to have a, a an easy bounce back game here i think he's going to give you uh I think he's going to give you a lot out of those 75 pitches. Um, I just don't know how it's going to pan out with the short leash. But clearly the Yankees have um, an agenda here with him, and that's to get him ready for the postseason. I mean, they don't want him wasting any more time. They feel confident that they're going to lock down a playoff spot. So you bring him up. He's he look I say this all the time about guys like Kluber. He's a vet, man. He knows what he's doing. He knows when he's ready. Um and uh you got to trust him. And if you can trust him, then you call him up now, you bring him up now, you you throw him in there and you get him ready. It, his main goal, get ready for October. Because this team's going to be there one way or the other at this point, it seems like and you need him. You need him full strength. And and that's the main objective. And I'm sorry, I'm I sound fucking annoying. I've been sick as fuck the last few days,
1: but I'm here. I'm moving. So uh would you trust I mean, so think realistically, I think you know, we can all hope that the Yankees catch Tampa. We can all hope that they'll win the division. I think it's unlikely with thirty two games left that there's six out currently. Uh you know, so you figure Garrett Cole's gonna to have to take the bowl in the wild card game. The Yankees should get past that should the Yankees get past that game, is Corey Kuba, uh, the guy that you look to take the ball in game one of the division series, provided that he continues on a path in this next month that he builds up and he looks effective?
0: Um I that's really di- that's a really difficult question to answer right now because I don't think the Yankees are gonna go down this stretch and have one guy or another in mind for Game Two. It's going to pretty much be just a battle of of who's going to earn it. And I know he's had a couple shaky outings his last handful of starts, but Jameson tyone was really good for this team this year and really turned his season around and and has been a reliable, consistent pitcher. You didn't like especially what he did last time out when he had a what six run lead, six, six nothing, nothing lead, lead early on, and he, and he and he fucking hands it right back over. Shit like that, especially against the Twins, is something
1: you you don't want to see at all. I'm going to let you finish that thought because I, my dog is going bananas right now, so I have to let him out. Go, is that what you call it? Let him out?
0: Um, so I don't think the Yankees go into this one way or another and and say, you know, we're hoping Kluber can, can bounce back and be our number two. I think it's just a matter of, Building up his stamina making sure he feels good again he's a vet he's he knows when he knows when he's on he knows what he needs to get to 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 his best stuff so you know I don't think the Yankees are particularly you know inserting Kluber back into this lineup saying okay he needs to be here because he needs to be the guy we hand the ball over to in game one of the of the division series, I think it's more of he he's ready. We can build him back up, and depending on who pitches better throughout this, these last few starts, um, that's who we're going to be comfortable handing the ball over to.
1: Yeah, I, I lost a lot of faith in uh, Jamison and Tyone after. A start yeah, but on you Thursday. know
0: what? You know how I have certain guys that I just don't like. At least, at least I will. St- cut away from that like I never was high on Jordan Montgomery right but fuck how could you say anything bad about the guy
1: you know what you can call me crazy I if
0: the season ends today you're crazy
1: no he gets the ball I mean if you're using Garrett Cole in a wild card game he, he starts game one
0: I mean I don't agree with that by any means um I just don't but I wouldn't the most be, consistent, but listen, I, I I wouldn't be mad about it. I couldn't I mean, sit he, here and say it's it's a bad decision.
1: I mean, he's definitely been the most consistent out of all the Yankee starters outside. Even he, he maybe a little bit more consistent than Cole's been this year. Uh, he's definitely shown the ability to pitch big games. He's definitely shown that he's got the stones for the moment uh, in October. So I don't see why it's a bad move to start Jordan Montgomery. In game one. Here's what I don't that, like.
0: Should, Here's what I don't like about that move.
1: That you don't like Jordan Montgomery.
0: No, I do. I, I really do like Montgomery, and I respect the hell out of him now. But there's a couple things. One of them doesn't make logical sense because at any given night, the offense will show up for anyone. But for whatever reason, this team has a really tough time Scoring scoring runs with with him pitching.
1: Yeah, but I think you almost have to ignore that. Yeah, no,
0: I'm not saying that would be that would. Con, I'm not saying that would be a, a serious factor into not pitching him. That's just one of my personal things that I, I'd be skeptical of. The main thing is that it seems like Jordan Montgomery, and I guess I mean I guess you could really say this about a lot of the Yankee pitchers, even as good as they've been. I feel like he's down a lot, even if it's just one nothing, two nothing. If the Yankees win a game that Jordan Montgomery's pitching, it's usually from behind. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just I
1: mean, they don't they don't score for the guy. So. I feel
0: like it's always I feel like it's always oh, poor poor Monty's going six innings, three runs again, and they're losing three nothing or three two.
1: So even when he has a bad outing, he gives up two or three runs in in one inning. Is that something that
0: plays mentally into the team, though? Uh, Again, even though it doesn't make, even though it's not a rational argument, is that something that does play into the team's mind of like, shit, we haven't really been able to score runs for whatever reason. Is that something you want to fuck around with?
1: I mean, I think in October, when it comes to lining up your pitching, you just have to go with who's best. And honestly, like I trust him more than I trust anybody else on staff outside of Garrett Cole. So it's, for me, it it would be him. I mean, it's a nice little discussion point. I mean, we can definitely get deeper into it as we get closer. I just decided to bring it up because Corey Kuba is starting tonight. So it would seem like if in a perfect world, though, would you say this in a perfect world, the Yankees want Corey Kluber to take the ball after Garrett Cole in October?
0: Yeah, yeah, because that because if Garrett because if um, Corey Kluber were to earn that spot, that would mean that he came back and he was fell right back into place of where he was before he got hurt, which was heading right back towards a dominant elite level. Of, of a pitcher and so of course you want him out of all guys to earn that spot because it just means that he is at his best and when he's at his best he's better than tyone and he's better than
1: anyone else in the rotation so tomorrow when you guys listen to this show it's going to be august 31st and then uh you know summer's over uh which is depressing in and of itself. But then September 1st, rosters can expand and they will expand to 28 this year, not to 40, which I I like. I think it gets a little convoluted when you start having 40-man rosters in the most important games of the year. I would have preferred like a 30-man roster, but they're doing 28 this year. So we... We were asked uh, by the uh, the Jersey guy from upstate New York. He wanted to know what players the Yankees are going to bring up when the rosters expand. And I think one roster spot is automatically Heel. taken because Glaber Torres is on a rehab assignment, and uh, it sounds like uh, he'll be back after the Anaheim series. I think the Yankees go home, right? They go home to play Baltimore Yeah. after they play the Angels. So... It'll be September 1st. They'll have that open roster spot. Uh, so you don't have to get rid of Velasquez, even though, you know, we knew this was going to happen. the uh, He's cooled down. Tyler Wade kind of is Tyler Wade. He's having one of the best years of his career, if not the best. But then, you know, like last night, he can't escape the wrath of Yankee Twitter because he gets caught stealing. And then he's slow on getting the ball out of his glove to to DJ Lemayu, which leads to a run scoring when uh, Montgomery had... The double play ball. So, I mean, he can't even as well as he's played, he seems to can't, even can't get out of his own way at times. So it kind of like where did the Yankees go for the extra roster spot? And the, you know, could they bring up Greg Allen? Could they bring up Esteban Florial? Yeah, I'm sure they could. Uh, it seems like from the way that the Yankees used him yesterday in Scranton, that the Yankees might have an eye on Luis Heal being a reliever the rest of the way because Nick Nelson came in and to open the game, which to nobody's surprise, he gave up like 40 runs in the first inning. And then uh, later on in the game, Heel came in and he pitched four and two-thirds. The Yankees wanted to get Heal in that uh, mode of coming out of the bullpen so he could be used as a bulk guy, maybe a guy that comes in, throws two or three innings to kind of shut things down. Uh, do you like the idea of Heel being a reliever the rest of the way? If he comes up on September 1st, here's why I don't
0: because, oh, well, we're talking about from September 1st on to give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, fuck it. Why not? But here's my problem with, with the whole idea. Are you, you have a kid who made his debut earlier than you would ever expect but given the circumstances you know you had no other choice and he comes up and he's extremely successful and now you've sent him back down which was the logical move as much as i fucking hate it i can't tell you how much i hate it it makes sense and he's kind of getting knocked around a little bit in the minors and maybe that you know Hits his confidence a little bit, and you don't know, and you, you know he comes back well, up here.
1: I, you brought that up yesterday because his ERA is around five uh, in screen and that you know that a lot of that was pre coming up. Pre coming, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, how much is his confidence shaken when he strikes out uh, the Phillies' top prospect in the game yesterday, and he's flexing as he leaves the mound? So, yeah, I
0: mean, I don't really like that stuff, but anyway.
1: It just goes to show I don't think his confidence
0: yeah, is Yeah, so, so you hope not. And, uh, you know, he comes back up here. Now you're going to take a kid who at any other year, in any other year the Yankees would have said he's nowhere near ready because that's just what the Yankees do. And now you're going to bring him back up and throw him in the bullpen and try and make a, a, a decent reliever out of the kid in hopes for what? How how dominant does he have to be for you to be confident enough in him as a reliever now to put him in on, on the playoff roster? And how much are you going to really be confident bringing him in in October? So for me, it would be, if I'm going to get anything out of heel right now, let me let me keep throwing him out there because he looked really good as a starter. And then in October, if I have to, if I want to put him on On the roster, at least for the wild card game or something, to be a a stopgap if, God forbid, Coles starts getting knocked around early, something like that, fine. But I I just don't really like experimenting with him because even as dominant as he may be out of the bullpen in, in September, I still don't know if that's enough for me. I'd rather see him in his natural element as a starter and let him continue to build what he was already building on and then bring that into the postseason if you have to.
1: Yeah, but I mean, at this point in the year, you see uh, a lot of minor league seasons start to end. So, I mean, if he's going to transition into a reliever role, he's still you're using him in a situation where he would not be pitching. He just would go home. And, I mean, I maybe some of this is necessitated by the fact that we don't think Luis Severino is going to be back. Uh, they said there's no structural damage, but he's still shut down. Um uh, uh, even if he begins a throwing program, like we said, tomorrow's August 31st. I mean, how much time does he need to get ready? He's not going to be a factor. I mean, unless the Yankees... I mean, can he pitch the final season a year? If those games against Tampa mean nothing, I'd like to see him. I think it still would like to believe that it's important to get him on a major round this year. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to know why?
0: I feel like... I feel, you know when people say like, if you're looking to change, make a change in in your in your life, if you're looking to start getting really healthy and start working out, each day you put it off is just another day that you come closer to just giving up on it and and never starting. And I feel like if we let Severino go another full season without touching a major league mound, it's just going to become the same fucking thing we've seen this year where it's like, you got to make this real for him in a sense. You got to let him taste it a little bit. We got to see what he still has right now. Let him taste the major league mound again. Let him, let him get a feel for that. Give him, give him extra motivation in the off season to, to get, to get in better shape, stay healthy and to be the best in the best shape that he could possibly be to come back and actually contribute to this team.
1: Yeah. If things, like I said, though, if things are locked up that last week of the season, doesn't mean anything. Yankees are locked into the top wild card. Can't catch Tampa. And he's able to, to pitch, even if it's two or three innings in a game, I think it's important for him to do that. Now, if the Yankees still have a shot at at the division, I'm not, I wouldn't want to play that game to be honest with you. Um, so why to me, I don't mind them doing this with heel is because I think they wouldn't, they honest to me, it seems like they need another weapon out of that bullpen. As crazy as it sounds, you cannot trust the role this Chapman. I think even through this 13 game winning streak, we've seen that we can't trust them. Uh, Chad Green sucks. I mean, it, let's put our cards on the table. Uh, yeah. Should Joey Gallo have caught the ball yesterday? Sure. But it's Tony fucking Kemp. Like you're giving up fucking bombs to Tony Kemp. Yeah. That's that has nothing to do with whether Joey Gallo should have caught a ball or not. That's you being a piece of shit pitcher. Okay.
0: No, it's really it's just you being a piece of shit thrower. Because when Chad Green's at his worst, it's it's because he forgets how to actually be a pitcher. He forgets what his best stuff is when when to use it, and he's almost. It's almost like he's scared. It's it's never... You know when Chapman just isn't good? It's never that... It's never that he's just... Very rarely that he's just giving up base hits in the gap every single batter.
1: oh, well, look what happened when uh, they used Peralta to bail him out in Atlanta. He couldn't find the friggin' plate.
0: Yeah, it's a, well, that's always what it is to me. It's always like...
1: Very rarely do you have an instance with him like when uh he blew the game in Minnesota where it was he just got blocked with like two home runs and like And you knew something eye. was
0: fucked up with his with his finger at that point. So it's very rare that you see that from him. Whenever you see Chad Green have a bad outing, it's always at least to my no- to what I can remember, it's always the fact that he pitches scared. He pitches from behind no matter what the no matter what the count is. It could be 0-2 and he's pitching like he's pitching from behind. And he forgets how, he forgets how to be a pitcher. And that's not good. I'd actually rather see a guy have mechanical flaws than because those can be worked out than a guy who has truly established himself at this point as a as a very good reliever and to still question and doubt his, himself on the mound. I think that's—it's just concerning to me because there's no way up from that. Like, it's only a downward trend. If you—if you couldn't get there by now, with the success you've had, when are you going to get there? Because he's too good to to give up fucking home runs to Kemp. He's too Tony, good for that.
1: Tony Kemp has five home runs this year. He's hit three of them against he, the Yankees. He's
0: too good for that. He's just way too good for it. And so. Uh, no, you, I had nothing to say, actually.
1: So, I mean, if you're looking at the who you trust in the bullpen, you know, Zach Britton's done for the year. Uh, I mean, Wandy Peralta has now become your second most trusted reliever, right? Yep. Uh, Jonathan Luizica, I would say, is your tr- most trusted reliever. Although, Gio Rochella, you know, Gio Rochella really, I mean, he's just come off the I.L., but... Yeah, the Yankees didn't score yesterday. They scored one run. But, I mean, if you want to take a deep dive into how, how the Yankees lost that game, uh, Gio Urshela, Gio Urshela, it's easy for me to say, Gio Urshela's errors were the catalyst for pretty much every run that the uh, Oakland A's scored yesterday because he booted a do- easy double play ball in the inning that Tyler Wade doesn't turn the double play. So, if Urshela turns a double play earlier in the inning, then that situation when Wade never happens, that run doesn't score. And then you're going to say, well, he made an error in the seventh inning, not the eighth inning when uh, Green gave up the home run. Correct. But those extra pitches that Jonathan Lawizaka had to throw in the seventh inning took him out of pitching the eighth inning. And that was because of the Geo Urshela error. So, I mean, yeah, Giro shell has been pretty shorthanded and he's been a great defensive third baseman, but yesterday was really a bad game for him and he hasn't been as good at the plate this year and he's been kind of lost since he's come back. So you hope that, you know, he's got a couple games now to knock off the rust that he's back in form here because the Yankees need him to be shorthanded at third base because with, uh, Right now, the, the infielder playing tonight, him at third, Velasquez, uh, LeMayu, and uh, Rizzo, I, I'd be hard-pressed to find a better defensive infield than, than those guys in Major League Baseball at the current moment. So, Yeah, and uh, and there's one thing with,
0: like, when the Yankees would lose those heartbreaking games when they had four-run leads in the ninth and, and just couldn't get through it. Yeah, those are shitty losses, man, the, and they, they sting, and, and you— sit back and you can't and you lose fucking sleep over it because you can't fucking believe what you just saw. But that being said, the most painful losses, the most embarrassing losses, the most unbearable ones are the ones where the defense just can't make plays. And we saw that in the beginning of this year. And it was, it was painful because you just look like a bunch of fucking idiots on the field. And, you saw a little bit more sloppy play in Oakland than you saw from this Yankee defense in a long time. I think it could have to do with that field, too. You saw Matt Chapman get get eaten up on on one, and he's a fucking great third baseman. You saw Rizzo miss well, a couple picks.
1: Rodriguez if you don't know for yourself.
0: Why, what did he say?
1: You didn't watch the game last night?
0: I don't listen to announcers. I blocked them I out. I
1: mean, he... Uh... He had his head so far Matt Chapman's ass. Oh,
0: uh, I know, I know. He was
1: gargling his fucking tonsils. Yeah,
0: I know. And um, you know, you saw Rizzo drop a couple picks that he normally makes.
1: Rizzo has not been right since having COVID. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's dealing with some fatigue. You know, you he, it, it affects everybody. Is it everybody. fatigue or is it that he's not playing every day? He's been playing every day. No, he had he
0: didn't play yesterday. He didn't play a couple of days before was, that. I think it
1: was warranted that he didn't play every day. He, he didn't, didn't play, play a play couple of days before that. Yeah, but he's pretty much played every day. I mean, he's not the one sitting. It's Voight. Like, today stands the DH. Voight's on the bench. Rizzo's in there. Do you so. know when
0: Aaron Boone is his own worst enemy the most? When he has too many players playing well. When he has, when he has too many guys and he just tries to get cute with the lineups. And now we're sitting guys who were really contributing and you don't have, you know, certain guys in your lineup that that really were clicking through this winning streak and you're sitting Rizzo last night to pinch hit him and, and play him Voight. I don't
1: it, have it a just, problem with it, sitting Rizzo last night. It's just, ha- so,
0: But what I'm saying is it's just so much. It's like just keep throwing out your lineup.
1: I think the Yankees should have found a way to get Luke Voigt in the lineup on Thursday. I think sitting him on Thursday has probably cooled him off a little bit. Uh, but the problem yeah, is Yeah, why are we that, sitting guys that
0: that that are so fucking red hot, man?
1: Because it's either that or you're going to— I mean, the Yankees, they chose the lefty balance in the lineup and Rizzo's defense over uh, Voight. And the other option there is Stanton, and Stanton was hotter than Voigt was, if you believe it or not. That's how hot John Carl Stanton was. Why can't you play Stanton in the outfield? They're not going to play Stan in the outfield every day. And I don't, I like the, I honestly. Why Is there something,
0: is there a statistic that says if he plays too many days? Like, do we ever have an answer for that? Where they base that decision off of?
1: I don't know, man. But right now, whatever they're doing with Stan is working. So I don't want to mess with that. You want to know what's
0: working? He said it himself. Right. He plays better when he plays in the outfield.
1: But he's also going to get probably two DH days a week. So yes. if that's keeping Which him in the outfield but... the other four days a week, let's just stick with that right now. It's it's going to be funny. For, it's not funny. It, you know, when are the Yankees going to – they're pushing Stan, right? They didn't want to put him in the outfield at all. Now they're playing him four days a week out there. Where are they going to get crazy and push him to six days a week out there? Because they don't really need to. Well, uh, they need to
0: get him ready for the postseason. If they make a long run, he's got to be out there every single day. He's going to be, but
1: they don't play that many consecutive games. They don't play more than two or three consecutive games in the postseason. Do we have a postseason. Do we have a lineup for tonight? Yes, we have a lineup for tonight. You read that bad boy out to
0: me. You used to text it all the time. Now you don't. Yeah,
1: and then you told me you don't care anymore.
0: That's true. Very true.
1: Uh, here we go. The Yankees lineup. I don't uh it's uh, LeMayu, Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, D.H., Gallo, Rochella, Gary, Gardy, and Velasquez. So vote to in the fucking lineup again. I just said that five minutes ago.
0: <sighs> Wild. It's just, it's just stupidity. It's just stupidity. At this point in the season, if you're truly serious about going after the division, which you have to be at this point, I mean, you've done such a good job, and I'm not trying to knock Boone here. I don't know who makes these calls. I'm not knocking whoever makes the call. But what I'm just saying is, how are you not sitting down and saying, what's my best lineup? I need to put that out there as many days as possible.
1: I think Gardner earned himself a day after the play. he played in center field yesterday. I don't care what you say about
0: Gardner. And that dude, even if he's lost a little bit of a step, he's still one of the best Outfielders tracking down balls in the game right now. One of the best. His arm's a joke, but he's still on top of his game in the outfield.
1: I don't know. I guess maybe they felt he he earned himself another day after the way he played out there. <sighs> so I mean, I, I don't know, man. We we said at The Yankees' best lineup is Stanton, Gallo, and Judge in the outfield, avoid at the DH. But this is what they're going to do. They're going to DH Stanton twice a week. And Voight's gonna find himself on the bench in those days. And honestly, would you would you have more of a problem just take this scenario? Not say, not being Chris and be like, well, I would DH st- Voight.
0: Well, and because you're and giving me God. a
1: stupid you're giving
0: me a scenario that doesn't have to exist.
1: It but it exists, so let's take it for what it's worth. No, but then that's letting people off the hook. No, but I'm asking yes, you. Yes, out question. of the
0: situations that exist, yes, I'd rather Luke Voight be sitting on the bench.
1: Than John Carl Stan. Yes, your your answer is that John Carl Stan is better than Luke Voight. Yes. Okay. That's, that's
0: I, but fine. but again, that is just saying that's like. Hold on, let me think of an analogy real quick. Okay, that's like a fucking murderer coming into your house, right, and looking you in the eyes and saying, "Okay, would you rather me kill your fucking brother or your sister?" Right. You, Neither. I want to fucking well, I mean, kill you. If,
1: if you're dumb enough to. I want the I best brother, then go ahead and kill him.
0: I want the. Be- well, I didn't want to use an actual situation for you here. Okay. And, and and let's just say I have a gun in my, in my back pocket, right? Option, option number one would be to pull my gun out and fucking pop him right in the head and end this end the threat. So why, if that's an option, why am I choosing either, either my brother or my sister at that point? If that's an option, is it not an option? Is it not an option to play Voight and Stanton at the same time? We've seen it happen.
1: Yeah, they're doing it most times. I'm just saying. Why not and tonight?
0: And, and, and I don't After know. losing two games in a row, why are we not putting our best lineup out there?
1: Because Luke Voight sucks, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's, your, he's your Montgomery. No, I mean... I, I don't look, this is what they're this is what they're going with. Yes, you know, I
0: know that. I don't did you not just point. hear my ana- analogy?
1: Can I you not sit can
0: you not just sit here and say this is what they're going with, but it's wrong. Can that not be something that comes out of your mouth? Do you not agree that this is wrong?
1: If they were if this was game if this was the wild card game and Luke Void is on the bench then yes, we have a major problem.
0: but you don't even want to be playing in a fucking wild card game.
1: And they shouldn't. And Luke Voigt sitting today shouldn't mean them playing in the wild. I'm not saying game they can't
0: not. win. Uh, they should win. They should win. But we should also be putting our best lineup out there because the more times we can see that, the more consistent at bats these the guys get, and the more of a hates rhythm Brett they get.
1: Gardner. So when Luke Voigt is on the bench and Brett Gardner is the guy <laughs> playing, that's what everybody's issue is.
0: You notice ever since these lineups started, there's more guys coming up to fill in, and like names that you can't leave out of a lineup. And ever since we started doing that, the Yankees over the last two games have gone back to being an anemic offense. Do you think that's a coincidence? Say that again. I said maybe we had a in the 13-game streak, you had guys in that lineup that you wouldn't necessarily want to pencil into the lineup every day. But after things started clicking, everyone was hitting. And now that you have guys coming back off the IL and everything where you feel... Obligated to obviously put them back in your lineup because they're supposed to be your best guys, and you're finding you're finding guys, you're finding times for guys to sit and guys to play, and changing this lineup every single day. Over the last two days of doing that, have you not seen a difference in the
1: offense? And do you I mean, think what, that's just a coincidence? I mean, what do you want to do? I, I don't. I, so this is people were bringing this up, like, oh, we're going to the Yankees are going to suck now because. Gleyber Torres is coming back or, do you, you know, I got to play. say I'm
0: very concerned with with uh, Torres coming back.
1: Well, you know what? It's funny that you say that because we can transition into this right here. You know, our buddy Chris Colon just sent this tweet and he wants to know, say a lot of people are seriously considering Velasquez over Gleyber. Where do you guys stand? And honestly, I know we brought this up last week where you have to seriously and this is when Velasquez was hot and he was a talk out of town and you were saying to yourself, well, y- you have to consider it, but you don't. Gleyber Torres is a better baseball player. Yes. You have to let Gleyber Torres lose that job coming back. Now, you give him a short leash. If he comes back and he plays five or six games and he's booting the ball around, and he's hitting a buck 20. You tell him, like, listen, we don't have time to play fucking games right now. We don't have time to work out your bullshit. But he, he's coming off the I.L. When they get home, he's got to be in the lineup day one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I don't care if if Velasquez is hitting 400 right now. Um, Torres is your guy. And it sounds stupid. It sounds counterproductive. And it sounds like I'm contradicting myself. My argument just now was not that you shouldn't be playing Gio Shella now that he's back or, you know, a- any other guy that comes back just, you know, sacrificing a door spot or sacrificing Velasquez. My point is you need to play these guys. And it just seems like when you're trying to get cute and still, you know, give Velasquez a day and still give a a moment and still do this and still do that. You're taking away from what got these guys hot to begin with. And that's the, that's two things. One consistent at bats and two the energy and the chemistry that this lineup was producing.
1: Well, I think you're going to be pretty set in the infield. I think when Glaber Torres comes back, you're going to go, Rochelle or Glaber, Gleyber, LeMay. University. And, and that's, so that's what it should be. be. I mean, that's okay, what it should be. Okay, the outfield, and here's another thing that I want to bring up with regards to the outfield. I don't really like Judge playing center field every day, so if that means that Luke Voigt also has to sit twice a week so we can put Judge back in right field, I'm okay with that. I just don't like him in center field all the time. Why do you I feel like know he's going to get he, hurt? No, it's, uh, yeah, you know, part of me still has that in the back of my mind. Like, why are we playing with our best player right now, playing him out of position? And go ahead, tweet me, he played there in college. You know, I did a lot of shit in college that I can't do anymore right now either. So that doesn't mean, that's, that's nothing. That means nothing to me that he played center field in college. He's doing it because he's a great athlete and he's a great player. But that doesn't mean that I'm comfortable with him out there every day. And I know that's our best lineup, but you know, if it means that Voit's got to sit twice a week, to uh, in addition to giving Stanton the DH days so he doesn't overextend himself in the outfield, and that we could play Judge in right field where he belongs, then I don't have a problem with it. Somebody's got to be a sacrificial lamb on this team, and unfortunately, it's Luke Voit.
0: And you know, we're not talking sacrificial lamb in a negative way either. It's it's because there's so much talent. And and that's a good thing.
1: And look, when the Yankees are playing in October, Volk Voigt's gonna play. He's gonna be the, the DH. I don't unless something happens to Rizzo, he's gonna D H every day. And hopefully it's not just a game. Hopefully the Yankees have a nice fucking long run deep into October here. But their best lineup, as much as I don't like Judge and Center Field, is Judge and Center, you know, you got Stan and right and, and voice a DH, but for right now with thirty two games left to not put yourself in a position where Greg Allen has to fucking play in the outfield again. Luke Voigt's got to sit a couple of days a week. Is there a
0: rational bone in your body that says it's so unlikely that the Yankees win the division that you almost, you almost just kind of hope that the Rays beat up on the Sox and the Yankees sweep and just really put them, put them further back. At this point, because I mean, I'd much good. rather play Oakland in that game than Boston.
1: It's a catch-22, dude. You definitely want to put Boston out, out of their misery, too. But the Yankees' path to the World Series is so much easier if they win the division. Of course it is.
0: Of course. And you got to be confident you're going to beat anyone. You're, really, your main goal is obviously the division right now. But you know how there's fucking... Speed limits and then there's like uh, minimum speed limits in some roads. Uh Your fucking speed limit is winning the division and your minimum speed limit is fucking absolutely making sure under no circumstances you give up that top wildcard spot. Under no circumstances because you need to play that one game playoff at home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, especially right now where the Yankees are sitting, I mean, that's a massive disappointment so like, if, if they have to go on the road. For as aggressive
0: game. as I want them to be for the division, I can't, I can't let it sacrifice that top spot. I can't let guys get hurt. And uh, at the end of the day, it's likely we're going to be in the wild card. It better be in New York.
1: Yeah, this just came out right before we started recording. Otani was supposed to pitch against the Yankees on Tuesday. Now he's not going to. Oh, saying how ironic! Yeah, I mean they're saying it's because he got hit by a pitch or he took. Ah. It, yeah, and it's just precautionary. Oh, he's such a fucking bitch. I mean, it, it was also. Uh, I mean, it's also kind of ironic or a coincidence. coincidence. Maybe yeah, it's not ironic. That, it's coincidental that, that uh, his first. I mean, his worst start of the year was against the Yankees. So. There's just too many of these things with this guy. He's great, and he's great for baseball, but there's just too many of these instances for me to, to for me to really like celebrate him as like this 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 phenom, this larger than life guy. Like he he didn't want to he wanted he had all these rules. He couldn't play in a team that had a Japanese legend. Yeah, he wanted to play. He didn't want to play here. He didn't want to play there. He and where did he wind up in Anaheim, where nobody cares what he does like he can hit 40 and it's not runs. like
0: Trout Trout had loyalty. Trout built his career there. I still think he's stupid for staying, but it, he wasn't being a coward. You know, and I mean, got, it's it, hold on, it's, I just want to say this real quick. I know you have more to say. But it's not it's very difficult to rip on Otani because it makes you sound like you're bitter about something, but at the end of the day, it's it's difficult because he's having such a phenomenal year that you sound petty but it's true this guy is fucking scared of the spotlight he's proved it time and time again and i'm sorry unless he does this over 10 years it this gimmick he has i i, I can't fully respect him
1: I mean, what would it mean if he did it over 10 years and he never pitches in a postseason game? To
0: to play at this level, pitching and hitting. I don't care where you're playing in the major leagues. If you do that
1: consistently. Or if he's supposed to pitch Sunday night baseball against the Red Sox in Fenway, and he's like, oh, um, you know, I I, I think I might have got bit by a spider. Yeah. Like, I can't play today. Yeah. Didn't he make an excuse with Tanaka? Yeah, see, it was workload
0: management. That's what they called it. Jesus Christ. So it's like, come on, the the proof is there. I, I'm not saying he's not great. He's a fucking great player. He's putting up a, a season we'll probably never see again in our lifetime. But that doesn't mean I respect him the way he could have been respected. Yeah, exactly. That's and it doesn't have to be Yankee. Could have been. Could have been fucking Boston. Could have been anywhere. I would have respected him the way he, a player to his caliber deserves to be respected.
1: No, and then people are tweeting like, oh, this is so bad for baseball. Like, if Otani wastes his entire career in in Anaheim, uh, I don't feel sorry for a guy that this is the, sh- this is the decision that he Correct. made. This is and, where he wanted to go. And would he, he be this like- player in New York? Would he be
0: the same guy in New York or on the big spotlight? He's He hasn't shown me that he could pull it off.
1: Well, here's the difference, right? The Yankees. Let's say he went. To, he was going to be a Yankee. The Yankees would have handled him differently. You want to know why? The Yankees' main objective is winning a World Series every year, so they would have handled him differently. The Angels, they literally don't give a shit what they do, and they can have guys that that yeah, are, are. They like the dog like and pony show. It, put, it because, puts people in the seats. Because guess what? They if they win a World Series. It's gravy, but really, it's not what they're there to do. Yeah. I know, that sounds stupid, but. I mean, just look at what well, they've it's been done clear. To, it's been clear over the last decade. Look at what they've done to build around Mike Trout. I mean, if they were serious about that, they could have definitely outbid the Yankees. Hey, Garrett Cole, <clears throat> come on. Think now. about this. Build around
0: Mike Trout. How about the fact that you still have a young Mike Trout who uh, apparently just can't stay healthy anymore, but regardless of the point, then you get Otani and Otani's proving to be a, a, a great player. Now would be, especially be the time to just really go balls out and try. They won't.
1: They're not going to. This is well, fine for them. The Orioles are doing their job. They're getting the Blue Jays hot now. The Blue Jays have kind of fallen out of the race, but they're playing the Orioles. They were down in the game, and now they're leading 4-2 to two over Baltimore. So. Teams
0: like Baltimore are supposed to be like a thorn in in the side of the teams that are tr- actually competitive. They, they're just the catalyst at this point. It's so embarrassing.
1: That's why the Yankees, like, going 5-1 against Baltimore in their remaining six games is unacceptable. I mean, they've already lost, I think, five times to no, Baltimore You to Yeah, you got to
0: go six, 6-0, and you got to hope to pick up a couple games on the Rays during that stretch.
1: So, I mean, if there's anything else you want to touch on Yankee-wise, let me know because I want to no, get good. into the mess that the Mets are right now. Mm. Uh, I think we have to— We have seven we have minutes
0: to, before first pitch. We,
1: we have to discuss this before we wrap up the show. Here, um, you want to fill some airtime, so while I you want me to I'm
0: just big, give the backstory in case uh, anyone lives under a fucking rock. Yeah, because I want to find
1: the I want to find the exact quote until we can read it.
0: All right, so the Mets are the definition of of a shit show and an embarrassment, and I'm not saying that out of out of you know any type of resentment. I'm actually. I put myself in the shoes of a Met fan, even though they're annoying too. But, you know, it's New York baseball and you want to see competitive New York baseball regardless. And I put myself in the shoes of a Mets fan and it's like this year was supposed to be a year where this team was competitive, was good. They clearly could have fucking taken the division within the first half of the year if they just played a little bit better baseball because the Phillies and Braves sucked. They could have put him to bed. They they failed to. And now not only are they not competitive, they are having one of the worst in-season collapses I've ever seen. Um and and, and to you know fuel the fire a little bit, Baez, Javi Baez, one of the guys they just brought over, had the balls To say the thumbs down thing that they stole from the Yankees, by the way, uh, was a knock at the fans for booing them. And it hurts his feelings when they boo. Please don't boo or we're going to give you thumbs down. And that's where they're at. Now you have Sandy. Who was it? Uh, Sandy Sandy Alderson Alderson made a statement, um, you know, condemning those actions. And uh, and yeah. So if you have the statement up or whatever you're looking for.
1: I can't find the full quote, but basically this is the the excerpt that everybody's kind of
0: passing you know,
1: around, re- passing around. This is what he said after the game on Sunday to let the fans know. because He was asked what the thumbs down is after the, the team gets big hits. Uh, he says to let the fans know we don't get success. Uh, we're get to let the fans know when we don't get success we're going to get booed so they're going to get booed when we have success Mm. uh he he also went on to say and i'm paraphrasing here because i can't find the exact quote now um is that he it doesn't bother him though chris it doesn't bother him when he gets booed but he also wants to let the fans know that they're not machines and they're putting pressure on them by booing them Mm. got it i mean what a fucking idiot like, and here, you know what, Chris? And here's here's my biggest problem with this whole thing it's not that Javi Baez said it, because who is Javi Baez? He's a guy that the Mets rented because Francisco Lindor was hurt and they needed somebody to come in and provide a spark for the team, right? Which he really hasn't done because the Mets have been fucking terrible over the course of the last month and a half, right? This is a shitty division that they're in. They could have even they could have been halfway competent, they could have been running away with it. That's so, what I
0: was saying when you were looking up the stage. So
1: while you're taking on your own fan base, you're terrible. It's not like, you know, the Yankees Fans booing Stanton three at bats into the season after the guy had one of the best right. postseasons for the Yankees since A Rod in 09. It's not that situation. It's that you're playing fucking poorly for an extended period of time and you're going to take on your own fan base here and then tell people it doesn't bother you. And but listen,
0: listen. <laughs> I mean, as much as I hate the booze and especially when they're irrational booze for guys like Stanton and shit. It, got, it even got to a point this season with the Yankees when i said you know what boo everyone as loud as you fucking can because this team is an embarrassment right now
1: but you know what the you know what it is though and i don't just because i don't agree with booing especially in stupid situations like on opening day right
0: right that's the shit i don't really agree with at all
1: if fans want to boo you boo go ahead and boo you boo cuz sometimes guess what? You, sometimes you sound like an asshole when you do it and sometimes you're justified in doing it and when the mets I pissed away a division lead in a year that they could walk backwards into the postseason. You're entitled to boo because absolutely. Ab- absolutely. But here's the bigger problem Chris. It's that Francisco Lindor is also on this train. He's the guy that you just went out there and made a big trade for and gave $350 million to. It's not like Javi Baez where he's out of here at the end of the year. You don't have to re-sign Javi Baez. He can walk and go somewhere else where where they'll give him uh, Kool-Aid and ice pops before the game, okay? Because it sounds like what he wants uh, to have happen for him. Francisco Lindor is here for ten. million years and he's taking on the fans the other you know Kevin Pillar who the fuck is Kevin Pillar he's a nobody he's a decent solid major league baseball player he's not a linchpin for the Mets he's not a building block for the Mets the fact that John uh John Carlos that Francisco Lindor is also taking on the fans and have said shit like well Pillar you said. can't you can't come at me for my defense you can't come at me for my base running guess what bro nobody gives a shit you know, about your defense and your base running. You know, is it great that you play good defense? Is it great that you're a good base runner? Sure. That's all things that go into making you a great player. But guess what? They're not. They're paying you to be an elite offensive player, not a guy that was hitting 190 or whatever it was before he got hurt for most of the year after getting a 350 million dollar contract. These are guys that just don't get it. They're, Here's he doesn't get it. Like, and this is, you know, and this is why I love the fact that the only thing Stans ever said about him getting booed is that when he got booed in 2018 after he had a terrible game, he said, I would have booed me too. He didn't take on the fans. He bat flipped the fans one day. He got when he got tired of it. That was a bat flip at, at the fans, but it was never a a thing like this where Brian Cashman had to make a statement about it. Yeah, here's my here's my
0: take on it. And this is where I thought about it a lot today. Um and here's my final take on it all. If they wanted to keep this as something well, that
1: e5, f- e Ray, <laughs> uh, Ray score another run.
0: Great. If they wanted to keep this as something in the clubhouse that they used as motivation, you know, thumbs down. Only they knew. Kind of like when the Yankees don't tell anyone what their shit means. Yes.
1: Why are you telling the media about right. this?
0: So so now so now you have to say to yourself, okay, they didn't do that. So now, what do you get out of telling the media this? And there's two ways to, that you can think about it. Let's break down the first way real quick. The first thing could be, okay, if I'm honest and I tell them, then they'll sit down before bed tonight and really think long and hard. The fans will think long and hard about how their actions affect this team and they will no longer boo us, and they will only support us no matter how poorly we're playing. And maybe this can make things better. Does that sound rational to you?
1: Uh, I mean, you should be smart enough to know that you're probably going to piss the fans off and make it worse.
0: Okay, so you don't think that, you know, going into that, a rational person um, with any bit of brain would could sit there and think, that this could make things better because it'll it'll open the fans' eyes up to to how their actions affect the team.
1: Uh, no, because there's there's something that fans, especially fans in New York, want, and that's tough guys. They don't want guys that are soft and be like, "Please don't boo us. Right. Please sit down there and think about how this makes me feel." Right.
0: So then there's only one other option as to what you're going to get out of saying that, and that is to not only not only turn the fans against you more not only put more pressure on the entire team, but to completely, to make this clubhouse completely implode, where you were questioning before all this if anyone had control over the team. Now you're just watching them, now you're just watching the whole fucking thing explode in front of your eyes. And, well. and that's not your job. Your job is to go out there and perform and to make your team the best that they can in order to win a world series. And why do you want to win a world series? Is it because you get a nice shiny trophy and you get to celebrate in a parade for one day? Is that why teams want to win World Series, Christian? Ultimately. Mm, ultimately. Why does an organization get a guy like Javi Baez in order to put a spark in the team and to win a world hopefully win a world series? Why? Is it so they feel nice inside? Don't so they wanna, can so they I mean, can celebrate. The,
1: and isn't that why you uh, you play baseball to show that you're the best?
0: Well, well, but what does showing that you're the best do?
1: You tell me. You if the if the if, the, if the
0: Yankees went uh, five seasons in a row under five hundred, would you be anxious to go put your spend a hundred bucks and put your ass in a seat?
1: I'm different. Yeah, I, I would still go to games. Yes. I mean, yes. No, a good, good. Would the stadium be filled with other with
0: other assholes like you who want to torture themselves? Like true fans. I see
1: your point. Yes. Okay. So the
0: ultimate goal. More than bad. Remember something. This is a business. No matter how much fun it is to watch when teams are winning, no matter how great it is to jump up and down when that team wins a World Series. At the end of the day, there is one objective, and that is to put fans in the seats, get fans buying your merchandise, because this is a business. An owner doesn't go out and get a guy like Lindor or a rental like Baez so that they can feel good and pop champagne at the end of the year. It's so that the fans continue to buy tickets and sell out games and buy more merchandise and put more money in the pockets of the owners. The other stuff is just extra, okay? So your job here is not to come and, and, and make Just creates so much more animosity and to completely alienate every single fan that sits in the seats and booze. You've made things a million times worse. And you've done the complete opposite of what you're here to do at this point in time.
1: Well, you know, I said this to you guys a couple weeks ago, or whenever it was, when I heard Luis Rojas on with uh, Carton and Roberts, and I said, because I felt it was a really embarrassing interview that he gave. I just – he just – he doesn't instill any confidence in me if I was a Met fan. Um, and I said this to you guys, you know, Boone has his flaws. Uh, he He's done an excellent job in the second half of the year, but I'm still going to stick with it that he should go if the Yankees don't get to the World Series this year. Uh, but, I mean – for every Yankee fan that knocks Aaron Boone, just look across the street and think about how bad it could be. Because Aaron Boone is like on fucking Mars. That's how different. That's how far apart he is as a manager from Luis Rojas. Sure. And and
0: let's not forget, Luis Rojas is here because he's been with the organization for a while and he has a lot of respect within this organization. So so. You you have a guy there that even if he's not the most competent manager, at least had the respect of his players.
1: I mean, clearly, and now not, you though, can't even because... say that. Well,
0: well, clearly you can't even say that because you're such a bad manager that the one thing that was your strength is no
1: longer existent. I mean, even if this this elbow punching thing the Yankees do was some type of derogatory thing towards the fans or something like that. I couldn't imagine that the Yankees would put Aaron Boone in a position like that, that one of them would go out and say that in the media. And and think of it this way, too.
0: And this is my last thing I'll say on it. If the Yankees did the elbow thing the whole year and they won a fucking World Series, right? And then it leaked out in the offseason that they were doing it to to stick it up the fans' ass for Boo and Stanton too much and whatever. Wouldn't you kind of sit back and go, I don't give a fuck. They won a World Series at least. I don't care, but imagine that that came out after finishing a season 500 when they were expected to win the World Series, didn't even that's, make the playoffs.
1: That's what makes this so bad. Okay. The Mets have won five games in the last two months, and it was the Nationals who have gutted their entire team. So, I mean, it's it's like that's what makes this so bad. It's not like you're playing 750 baseball. You're terrible. It's bad. It's an embarrassment. So, I mean, I, I don't want to get into a, a long thing about Marcus Stroman. He's just a He's a fucking idiot. scumbag. He's just an idiot. I would love I
0: mean, to just, I would love to, like, motivation to train and get really strong and fit and whatever would be if I could fight him.
1: He he said that this is a media-driven story. I mean, it's not. Oh, when your fuck second, you! When your second baseman tells this to the media, so tell me how that's that's the media making shit up when this? These are words that came out of his mouth, and then he, you know, and I got my, and you know, we can get into this a, in a different episode. Yeah, because first pitch. Right? Um, with my issues with Michael K, but. You're going to call Michael K. a racist on Twitter today? Yeah, come on.
0: I mean. Well, well, hold on. Uh, let's just bring this up real quick. The guy Joe on Twitter, I think he runs the New York Post sports account that started off really funny and then just got obnoxious, and it's not funny anymore because it's, like, not believable. But he, he, he tweeted this. He said, Marcus Stroman calling Michael K. racist is such a wildly untrue claim. K has always been on the side of social justice issues. Okay. My response was being on the side of social justice issues doesn't make you not racist. What Mike what makes Michael K not a racist is that he's literally shown us zero evidence of being a racist. Okay? That's where the argument ends. The fact that you come back and say, well, he supported all these things, just just continues this behavior from people in society. Being a racist is something that needs a lot of evident evidence to make that claim because racists are pieces of fucking trash that everyone wants to kill who who is a decent human being should want to fucking murder or want to fucking beat up on a racist. Okay? Any decent human being. So to say you have to provide evidence of why you're not one is false and that's what gives guys like Marcus Stroman the balls to put something like that out on Twitter. No. Why is Michael K not a racist? Cause he's never done anything racist in his, in his life that we know of. Okay. That's why, because to be a racist, you have to be a real big piece of shit and not a lot of people will like you. And it seems like Michael K being that he's been with the organization for how many years and has had a lot of connections I I I'd say no. I'd say I signs point to no. And well, and you wonder why I hate Marcus Stroman at the end of the day more than anything. Why he's making me defend Michael K.
1: Right. And the game has started. Uh, Lemay is on second base, and Rizzo just missed a home run by a pube hair. So mm. uh, so we're gonna get out of here. Uh, yeah. I mean Stroman's an idiot. I mean idiot. And basically that his argument for K being a racist uh, was that you know and some i'm sure somebody will correct me from but from what i took from the conversation was that his co-host is white so if he wasn't a ra- if he wasn't a racist then he'd have a uh you know a person of color as his co- got co-host. it one nothing yankees <laughs> i mean i mean can you make this shit up dude? no I mean,
0: no that's it's true i mean that's what it comes down to that's what the definition of racist racist is now if you are on your own show as a white man, and and are surrounded by other white people. That so I mean, so we're not gonna. Racist.
1: So I mean, we can't have somebody we have a good rapport with. We can't have no. somebody that that makes that we feel makes the show better. Nope. If they're not, if there's no diversity, it means you're. It's just a racist situation. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, you know, I then we're racist too. Bro, you know what? You know? You know what makes them racist at, at that point?
0: If what? if it came out that Michael K was interviewing people for the job. And he had a few black guys, maybe a couple Spanish guys, and then Don LaGreca. And he was like, uh, I'm giving it to Don because uh, you're white. Like, if that was what he said, then we could go and burn down his, the studio. I mean,
1: when SGR's not here, I mean, do we have Do should we just find somebody here to, to make diversity? Just way people yeah. don't say that we're racist? I mean, because sure. basically the fucking. That's
0: That's, the that's where society is at this point. That's where society is. It can't just be that the people doing their jobs are, are the people that have either applied for the job or were the best fit for the job. And at the end of the day, it's almost a, it's almost an insult to, to a minor, someone, you know, who's a minority uh, or whatever to say that they can't get jobs or that it's not, no, let's, it's just, it's just society. It fucking pisses me off. And the fact that it's just so easy to call Michael K. racist, there's a lot of other things you could call him. You know, a lot of other things. Ungrateful might be even one of them when he talks about how unbearable or unmanageable a game is. Yeah, I mean, if
1: if Javi Bias didn't pop his fucking mouth off yesterday, that's probably how we would have closed the show with probably. (laughs) With Rip and K on on how stupid he sounds when he calls a baseball game unmanageable, but I'm sure we'll have time uh, later on in the season Absolutely. or in another episode to get to that. Yanks have first and third right now, a we'll run already in standing up, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. But the Yankees are in they're in Anaheim. I will not call them Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They're the fucking Anaheim Angels. And until they move to a different part of the fucking state or the country, they'll always be the Anaheim Angels. So um, this is a big series for the Yankees and the fact that they got to get back to their winning ways here. They, this is a series. Uh, what happened here? Double Did play. they get a run in? Double. Staying, staying, uh, oh, Stan down. was walking
0: the first there. If he just hustled a little bit more.
1: <clears throat> oh, man unfortunately staying ground into a double play kills the rally there but the yankees will get a second run they're up two nothing uh yeah i mean i i noticed it this the other day and this we'll get out of here on this i noticed this the other day when um was it uh they won by multiple runs on friday right they won that game eight to two it was a game cole started yeah uh it was then it was um it was, it was Thursday's game when the Yankees took the lead in the ninth after blowing the uh, 6 nothing lead. And I'm saying to myself, you know, the, the whoever the batter was conceded the out. Like, it's a one-run game, and I believe they had the tying run on second base. And he's jogging to first base to end the game. Yeah, you got to put like a you, little pressure you, on him. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, this is a... Your season, I mean, is on the line there at that point for Oakland. Like, you can't be, like, half-assing it out of the fucking, out, out of the box yeah, there, right? Like, like, that that would have pissed me off if that was a, a Yankee. But uh, the Yanks did take an early 2 nothing lead in this game. Hopefully, uh, Kluber will come back and pitch well, and the Yankees can hold on and win this game and find a way to take the series from, Oak, uh, from Anaheim because it doesn't look like they're going to get any help from Boston. Um, so... It is what it is at this point, but just got to keep stacking those wins and, and ensure that that wild card game will be at Yankee Stadium, and we'll see where uh, things go from there. But thank you very much for listening to episode two fifty, halfway to five hundred, bro. Do you can you believe it? No. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to episode two fifty. Go to nyysportstalk.com Go to the shop tab. Get your void three sixteen tank top. It's only on sale until Labor Day. Then it's gone forever. Code VoIT will save you 31.6%. Gabagool will save you 20% off the Rizzo and Gallo Bakery t-shirt. There's other great merch on there as well. Like I said earlier, if you don't like saving 31%, you can save 40% by being a patron of the show. Patreon.com slash NYYST. $5 a month gets you... uh, Big savings on merch and exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. And please go to Apple Podcasts. Five-star rating review. Help the fellas move up the charts and follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. That's all I got. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Yeah. Uh.